Well, hey, good morning to you. It is Wednesday, December 20th, 2023. Wednesday, December 20th, 2023. Slava Ukraine, Heroium Slava. I, we'll get to the Trump versus Colorado uh, thing in a minute. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you heard the uh, decision. We'll get to that right away. Uh, PVTV, Political Views TV Podcast. That's what you Google to find me. Uh, tell your friends to Google those four words, Political Views TV Podcast, and I'll show up right at the top of the search. Uh, man, do I appreciate you so much. Have I told you that before? I just want to make sure I tell you that. Um, if you can, please bring someone with you today or tomorrow. That would be fantastic. And you can uh, tweet to me or X to me or whatever you want to call it to me. Questions or insights or come fight with me at Cyberclop, C-Y-B-E-R-C-L-O-P-S, on uh, formerly known as Twitter. Uh, let's put Russia's and Israel's uh, continued war crimes on the back burner for a minute. Uh, and today, start with Trump versus Colorado. You know, there have been uh, just a couple other times in almost two years that I've started with a story other than the war in Ukraine. Um, that tells you how important it is. Uh, and the fact that Trump supports giving Russia uh, Ukraine's land to end the war in exchange to end the war means it's connected anyway, right? I mean, nobody wants Trump, including Ukraine. Uh, Ukraine does not want Trump in office. We'll say that. And, and we'll, we'll get to that also. There's something in the news about that. When this uh, case first came up, <clears throat> I said to you, uh, you have a Democratic Secretary of State who wouldn't want to block it. A Democratic attorney general who didn't want to fight it. A primarily Democratic court that wouldn't dismiss the challenge. And that Colorado would be important. Enacted after the Civil War, Section 3 of the 14th Amendment bars from public office any officer of the United States who takes an oath to uphold the Constitution and subsequently participates in an insurrection or rebellion against the U.S. government. Trump has been challenging the many cases across the U.S. with several defenses. One is the wording of the law, Section 3, that says, who takes an oath to uphold the Constitution. The presidential oath doesn't use that wording, but the House and the Senate does, along with other uh, government agencies. But uphold could be a broader term to include many words. Uh, the other defense was that he has yet to be convicted of, of the insurrection. But the law, Section 3, does not say there needs to be a conviction. Another defense that he's been using is that the states don't have a right to remove him. But nothing in the law restricts or directs who can remove him from the ballot? In this case, the court's wording attacked Trump's claim uh, that the wording did not include the office of the president. It said, President Trump asked us to hold that Section 3 disqualifies every oath-breaking insurrectionist except the most powerful one and that it bars oath-breakers uh, from virtually every office but state and federal except the highest one in the land. Both state and federal except the highest one in the land. The court said 
it seems most likely that the presidency is not specifically included because it is so evidently an office. Adding that a, a, a conclusion that the presidency is something other than an office uh, office under the United States fundamentally at odds with the idea that all government officials, including the president, serve we the people. But then Trump's argument was only the the general election is is official that the uh, the uh, 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 that the primary election is political and as such the state has no say uh, contrary to that the court said the sum of these parts is this president trump is disqualified from holding the office of the president because he is disqualified it would be wrongful uh, a wrongful act under the election code for the secretary of state to list him as a candidate on the presidential primary ballot in other words it's unfair to the voters to put someone on the primary on the primary ballot and mislead them into thinking that that person can be elected because that takes away their choice for a valid candidate i mean they didn't say that part i i that was me explaining what they were saying Another argument was that he was not involved in the actual insurrection. The justices wrote in the 134-page majority opinion, President Trump incited and encouraged the use of violence and lawless action to disrupt the peaceful transfer of power. The justices affirmed the decision that Trump's January 6th speech at the Ellipse was not protected by the First Amendment. Trump has unsuccessfully pushed this argument in state and federal courts, which found that he incited violence when he told supporters to walk down to the Capitol and fight like hell to take back our country. The court said, we do not reach these conclusions lightly. We are mindful of the magnitude and weight of the questions now before us. We are likewise mindful of our solemn duty to apply the law without fear or favor and without being swayed by public reaction to the decisions that the law mandates we reach. The four to three decision removes Trump from the Republican primary ballot in Colorado, which is scheduled for Super Tuesday in early March. However, the Colorado justices paused their ruling so Trump can appeal to the U.S. Supreme Court, which could even preserve his spot on the state's primary ballot if the appeal isn't settled quickly. If you remember, we did the, the story uh, last month. Colorado District Judge Sarah Wallace ruled that Trump engaged in the insurrection, quote, engaged in the insurrection, but allowed him to remain on the state's 2024 presidential ballot because she determined he was not an officer of the United States and therefore could not be prescribed from holding office under the insurrection clause. At the time, I said the important part of the decision was that she said that Trump engaged in insurrection. That means the only challenge was whether the whether uh, whether the law included the office of the president. That that's all that they needed to challenge for everything else to fall into place. And they, th I, re Republicans thought that this was no big deal, that it was a good thing. I, I saw it differently. I said, hey, all I got to do is challenge this one little thing and it's over. But it's not over yet. Everyone knows this isn't the final word.
The case is headed to the U.S. Supreme Court. And at this point, will it be an eight-member court since Clarence Thomas's wife may have been involved in the insurrection? Will Clarence Thomas recuse himself on this one? The ruling said, if Trump appeals to the Supreme Court by January 4th, which is a uh, near certainty, of course he's going to do it, then the decision will be paused until the nation's highest court announces whether it will take the case. And if it does, until it hands down its final decision. January 4th is the day before state law requires Colorado Secretary of State Jenna Griswold to certify the list of candidates for the March 5th Republican primary, uh, presidential primary. Uh, Griswold is a Democrat, uh, has said she believes Trump incited the insurrection, but hasn't taken a position on Trump's eligibility under the 14th Amendment. Yeah, yesterday, she said she'll follow whatever the court direction uh, is in uh, place. Uh, the Colorado justices said uh, Griswold will continue to be required to include Trump's name on the 2024 presidential ballot until the receipt of any order or mandate from the Supreme Court. So even if he stays on the primary ballot and wins the GOP nomination, that means he could still be disqualified for the general election. Trump has already sent out emails uh, for people to send him money to fight this. That, that's what he, he uses everything to, to make money. That's what it's about. Uh, it only fattens his coffers. Now, it's interesting. Is it possible that the Supreme Court, uh, whoever's in charge of that area, they would make the first decision, right? We, I, I forget which member is in charge of that area of Colorado. But is it possible that the Supreme Court could say that, it's a, that they won't take it because it's a state's right issue? Is that possible? They could choose that it's a state's rights issue and that they aren't responsible for it and that the, the, the Colorado should decide, in which case it's automatic. I don't know. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Uh, let's go on. Let's, let's do the uh, war in Ukraine. A Ukrainian president, Vladimir Zelensky, uh, said if Trump were elected in 2024, it could significantly change how the war in Ukraine played out. He didn't, he didn't say Trump's name. He said, if the policy of the next president, whoever it is, is different towards Ukraine, more cold or more economical, I think these signals will have a very strong impact on the course of the war. Cold or more economical? Who do you think that might be? Uh, yeah, obviously he was talking about Trump. Uh, Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky said the military had asked for the mobilization of 500,000 more people in the fight to remove Russian forces from its territory and urged the United States and Kyiv's other Western allies to maintain their support for his country. He said he also hoped prisoner swaps, which he said had been delayed as a result of unspecified reasons on the Russian side, would soon resume. Chuck Schumer, the majority leader in the U.S. Senate, said the upper house aimed to pass an agreement to provide additional aid to Ukraine and bolster U.S. border security as soon as it returns to Washington, D.C. in January, after the Christmas and New Year holidays. 
Uh, Zelensky said Ukraine's plan, uh, plan to manufacture some 1 million drones next year for use on the battlefield. They've already got uh, uh, manufacturing up and running, apparently. This is what I hear. <clears throat> Ukraine and Russia use drones to scope out enemy positions, drop explosives, and launch attacks on the enemy. This is a new type of warfare, and the U.S. itself is learning how to wage it just like Ukraine is. Putin has signed a decree granting his government power to confiscate and forcibly sell off billions of dollars worth of assets belonging to European energy firms to new state-approved owners. See what happens when you stay invested in Russia instead of pulling out? See what happens? In a decree published today, the Kremlin mandated the creation of new Russian-run companies to take over shares in the huge Yuzhnoyarsky uh, oil and gas field, currently owned by Austria's OMV and Germany's Wintershall. Uh, the two European energy giants, both from countries that Moscow claims are unfriendly. <clears throat> you know, Hershey is still there. Maybe Hershey. Uh, they should take over Hershey over there. Maybe they should do that. Uh, since Hershey d hasn't decided not to pull all of its stuff out of there. The Kremlin has said there is no current uh, basis for talks between Russia and Ukraine as none of the prerequisites are in place. Kremlin spokespuppet Dmitry Pesky-Peskov said Ukraine withdrew from the negotiation process in 2022 at Britain's insistence, he claimed, and the UK forbade negotiations with Russia Ukraine says peace can only uh, uh, only be based on a full Russian withdrawal from all the territory it has seized since the war began in February 2022. And of course, let's include Crimea, which they seized in 2014. <clears throat> uh, and, and I would think that Britain is going to, uh, the UK is going to uh, respond to this because, yeah, they didn't forbade anyone. Uh, uh, forbid. Russian President Vladimir Putin told defense and military chiefs that Moscow had the momentum in its war in Ukraine as well as was well positioned to reach its goals, claiming that the attempts to defeat it had failed. Putin also said Moscow was upgrading its nuclear arsenal, a little bit of nuclear saber rattling, and maintaining the military at its highest level of readiness. Uh, Putin told defense officials that in Ukraine he would not give up what is ours while claiming that Russian military had momentum. Uh, Putin said during the end of the war meeting with his defense leaderships, uh, leadership, our troops are holding the initiative. We are effectively doing what we think is needed, doing what we want. Uh, Italy's cabinet passed a decree allowing it to supply means, materials, and equipment to Ukraine and its fight against Russia until the end of 2024. A defense ministry statement said that supplies will include not only weapons, but also power generators and everything needed to support military operations in defense of unarmed civilians. Uh, the U.S. Uh, Treasury Department announced that it was imposing sanctions on a network of 10 Artakani linked entities, as well as four individuals based in Iran, Malaysia, Hong Kong, and Indonesia 
for circumventing export bans to procure U.S. components for Iranian-made attack drones. Uh, the U.S. charged Hossein Hatafi Ardakani and uh, uh, an uh, and Iranian and Gary Lam, a Chinese national, with allegedly supplying dual U.S.-use manufactured microelectronics to Iran's drone program. Special Agent Michael Kroll said these very components have been found in use by Iran's allies in current conflicts, including in Ukraine. Both men remain at large. Uh, as soon as they are found, they will be gathered up by uh, international partners, I'm sure. <clears throat> a former Russian soldier sought asylum in the Netherlands and said he wanted to testify at the International Criminal Court about Russian war crimes he witnessed while fighting in Ukraine. A Dutch legal source told Reuters the man had been a member of Russia's backed separatist forces in eastern Ukraine since 2014 and had also worked as an instructor for the Wagner mercenary group there. A court in Poland convicted 14 citizens of uh, of Russia, Belarus, and Ukraine for being part of a spy ring preparing acts of sabotage on behalf of Moscow. They were given jail terms ranging from 13 months to six years. Russia's defense ministry said it brought down a Ukrainian drone near the capital that led to res restrictions on flights at Moscow's main airports. No casualties were reported. Ukraine's military said Russia launched its fifth air attack this month on the capital with an air defense system destroying all weapons on their approach to Kyiv. Ukraine's Air Force said air defense systems destroyed 18 of 19 attack drones launched at Kyiv, Odessa, Kherson, and other regions of Ukraine. Serhiy uh, Popkul, the head of Kyiv's military administration, said a, on Telegram, According to preliminary information, there were no casualties or destruction in the capital. Ukraine said its military was holding the line in eastern Kharkiv region despite being outgunned by Russian forces trying to take control of the town of Kupiansk. Alexander Sersky, the head of Ukraine's ground forces, uh, said the situation is complicated. We have to fight in conditions of superiority of the enemy, both in weapons and in the number of personnel. Russia's defense ministry said it had repelled eight Ukrainian attacks around Kupiansk with artillery. Now that I have your attention, let's move on. Let's try and fix the rest of the uh, crappy world lately, right? <clears throat> let's have some coffee. 18 minutes in for Ukraine, 19 minutes in for Ukraine. But we had that big story about Trump at the beginning, remember? Uh, diplomatic talks are reportedly underway to broker a second truce between Israel and Palestinian armed forces, uh, factions in Gaza, which would include the release of more captives from both sides. Uh, the earlier deal last month culminated in a seven-day ceasefire and the release of 105 captives held by Hamas in Gaza and 240 Palestinian prisoners held in Israel, Israeli jails. The Palestinian death toll from the Israeli war on Gaza is about to surpass 20,000 as Israeli forces continue their onslaught on northern and southern Gaza uh, today, killing dozens more civilians. Now, that 20,000 uh, uh, dead uh, um, 
figure does not include the many thousands of bodies buried under the rubble that are decomposing right now. Uh, today, Hamas leader uh, Ishmael Haneyeh visited Cairo for talks with the head of Egypt's intelligence agency on a ceasefire agreement and a possible prisoner exchange deal. Haneyeh also met with the Iranian foreign minister Hossein Amir Abu Abdullayan earlier today in Qatar, where the former is based. According to sources cited by AFP, the current talks in Cairo would discuss proposals including a week-long truce that would see the release of 40 Israeli hostages, including women, children, and male non-combatants. Meanwhile, the U.S.-based Axios website cited Israel. Sources is saying that an Israeli proposal is on the table, including a pause in hostilities for a minimum of one week in exchange for the release of more than three dozen hostages held by Hamas. CIA Director Bill Burns met with Qatari Prime Minister Mohammed bin Rahman bin Jassim Al Thani and Mossad Chief David Barnea on Monday in Warsaw to discuss a potential deal that would include the release of about 40 Israeli captives, including women, elderly people, and seriously wounded people. The truce reports come as the UN Security Council is due to vote today on a draft ceasefire resolution after two previous votes were unsuccessful due to hateful U.S. vetoes and disagreements in wording. I have no doubt that the U.S. will try and block it today if they have not already. Uh, Boy, and I got to tell you, I did pretty good with that. Qatari Prime Minister Mohammed bin Abdulrahman bin Jassim al-Thani Wow. (laughs) I did well. Uh, Gaza, in its sixth day, consecutive day of uh, telecommunication blackout, uh, apart from a partial restoration uh, restoration in southern Gaza on Monday. So everybody's still in a a blackout. On Monday, Israeli forces raided Al-Auda Hospital in northern Gaza. Uh, Didn't they already do that once before? And arrested, stripped, bound, and interrogated people in the hospital. Citing uh, that was cited by Doctors Without Borders, a pre-dawn Israeli strike on on uh, yesterday uh, leveled a home in Rafah, killing 27 people, including a 17-day-old baby. It was born during the war and died during the war. UN Children's Agency Executive Director Catherine Russell warned today that many more children will die without safe water in the coming days and that cases of diarrhea among children under five have already crossed 20 times the monthly average. Children are dying again. According to the World Food Program, the WFP Regional Director for the Middle East and North Africa, half of Gaza's population is starving in a situation of extreme and severe hunger, while 90% of people in the besieged enclave regularly go without food for a whole day. Just like Holodomor, when Russia starved 7 million in Ukraine, and I think parts of Poland. Yesterday, Malaysian Prime Minister Anwar Ibrahim banned the Israeli ZIM shipping company and any ship en route to Israel from loading cargo at Malaysian ports in response to Israel's actions against Palestinians in Gaza. 
Moving on. <clears throat> Finally, it's over. Last night, the Senate, and this is 10 months, 10 months. Last night, the Senate confirmed the final top military nominees that were delayed by Senator Tommy Tuberville of Alabama, who blocked the promotions for months in protest of a Pentagon abortion policy. The confirmations mark an end to Tuberville's boycott, which drew waves of bipartisan criticism for jeopardizing military readiness. Hundreds of positions, including senior roles, were filled by acting officials because of the Alabama Republican. I'm thinking he got an earful over the Thanksgiving break, and that's why he has given up. Tuberville announced a partial lift to his boycott earlier this month, but until last night, he kept in place holds on all senior military positions that were four stars or higher. Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, was able to get the remaining 11 four-star positions confirmed by voice vote as senators were rushing to wrap up their final votes of the year. Uh, these included the heads of the U.S. Northern Command, U.S. Cyber Command, and the Missile Defense Agency. And and you know what, Schumer, I thought you said you were going to keep them there until you got aid through for Ukraine. Apparently, he's waiting until January. January 8th is the earliest time this could happen. And, of course, it's going to take long after that because it has to go to the House. Since the insurrection, there have been numerous cases that have been going on in the background. Yesterday, a federal judge ruled Representative Scott Perry, Republican of Pennsylvania, must disclose... 1,659 documents to government investigators finding that the communication records were not protected by the speech or debate clause of the Constitution. The court order is the latest twist in the January 6th related investigation that has made its way through the courts for months and entangled the, uh, you know, Perry, Scott Perry, Trump ally, Scott Perry. The FBI seized Perry's phone in 2022 before Jack Smith was appointed special counsel as part of a federal investigation into efforts to interfere with the certification of the 2020 election. Investigators sought a second warrant to access Perry's data, but had to wait as Perry asserted speech or debate protections over 2,219 records. A federal judge previously ruled that the majority of those records were not protected and ordered Perry to disclose them. The Pennsylvania Republican appealed that decision. The appeals court largely upheld the judge's order, but ruled that speech and debate protection could apply in some circumstances that the lower court had rejected, requiring a re-review of the records from the district court. In the ruling yesterday, Chief Judge James Bosberg said that 396 of Perry's records are protected by the speech or debate clause, but the remaining of the 2,219 records, which include messages about alleged election fraud and the role of the vice president in certifying electoral vote count, must be turned over. Bosberg wrote in the 12-page filing, having now analyzed each of the 2,055 documents, oh, I thought it was 2,219, uh, 2,055 documents still at issue, the court will order Perry to disclose 1,659 of them, but not 396 others. The court filing alleges that Perry used his cell phone and communications that the government believes could be relevant to its investigation into the January 6th Capitol attack that might include 
uh, discussions between him and Trump or him and Giuliani or him and, and numerous other uh, people uh, that were at Trump's side. Yesterday, a federal lawsuit was filed alleging that Republicans who controlled the North Carolina legislature drew discriminatory maps for congressional and state legislative districts by diluting the power of the state's black voters. You and I said months ago this case was coming, and I have no idea why it took so long. And that apparently is the problem. The lawsuit from the NAACP state chapter Common Cause and several individual black voters is the latest to challenge new districts enacted in late October that cement Republican power in the swing state. Yes, it is a swing state, believe it or not. Uh, Cary. Is it Cary? Is that the name of the city? I might be confused. Uh, the outcome of this litigation will not affect the partisan balance in the House of Representatives after next year's congressional contest because the lawsuit is not challenging the district lines that will be used in 2024. The candidate filing deadline for next year's elections expired on December 15th. Instead, the plaintiffs say they are hoping for new maps ahead of the 2026 election. The complaint alleges that Republican lawmakers who hold a supermajority in the North Carolina General Assembly targeted black voting precincts with surgical precision throughout the state to achieve preferred district lines that diminish black voters' ability to elect candidates of their choice at all levels of government. In a statement, Deborah Maxwell, president of the NAACP's North Carolina State Conference, said lawmakers knowingly sought to erode the power of the black voters, power that was fought for over decades of violent discrimination and suffering. The congressional map could help Republicans pick up at least three U.S. House seats after next year's elections. The GOP currently holds a razor-thin majority in the chamber, and redistricting skirmishes around the country could shape which party gains the upper hand next year. It looks like it's going to be Democrats, according to most of the state's decisions. A separate lawsuit filed earlier this month asked a federal court to grant an injunction and block the use of the new congressional map for next year's elections on the grounds that it is intentionally discriminates against minority voters in violation of the U.S. Constitution. So if that happens, the change may happen before uh, 2026. We shall see. Yesterday, the Senate voted to approve Sarah Hill's nomination as the first Native American woman to serve as a federal judge in Oklahoma, despite opposition from the state's Republican governor to positions she took as the Cherokee Nation's Attorney General. The Democratic-led Senate voted 52 to 14 to confirm Hill, which nomination to the U.S. District Court for the Northern District of Oklahoma moved rapidly through the chamber since Biden announced it in October. The Senate Judiciary Committee advanced Hill and John Russell to the same court on December 7th after they received key support from Oklahoma's two Republican senators. Why do you think the Republican senators, why do you think they decided to support her when the Republican governor did not. Mark Wayne Mullen and James Lankford, uh, Mullen and Hill are both members of the Cherokee Nation. Blood is thicker than politics, apparently, in this case. Uh, Texas. You know we could stop right there. 
Anyway, uh, I said the challenge to Governor Greg Abbott's new law would come quickly this week. The ACLU has already done it. The ACLU led civil rights groups yesterday in suing to block Senate Bill 4. The national group led the ACLU of Texas and the Texas Civil Rights Project in challenging the law a day after Abbott signed it, permitting local and state law enforcement officers to arrest and detain people who they suspect being undocumented immigrants. That's what the law did. And by the way, local enforcement doesn't like the law either because they don't have room in their jails. Okay, so what the law means, if you are driving through Texas right now and you look Hispanic, you could be stopped even as a passenger and they could violate your constitutional rights by demanding you prove you're legal or you go to jail if you don't have your ID with you. Now, that actually wouldn't happen this instant because it hasn't gone into effect yet. (laughs) But if you were driving through Texas on your way back from whatever hellhole in Georgia you're going to, then it could be a problem. Anand Balakrishnan, senior staff attorney, at the ACL's Immigrants' Right Project said, in addition to being unconstitutional, SB4 is dangerously prone to error and will disproportionately harm black and brown people, regardless of their immigration status. Under the law, which is set to go into effect in March unless courts block it, state judges would also be empowered to order a person's deportation, even if they were eligible to seek asylum or other protections under federal law. SB4 has also led Mexican President Andres Manuel López Obrador to prepare a legal challenge through his country's foreign ministry and several federal lawmakers from Texas and in Congressional Hispanic Caucus to call on U.S. uh, Attorney General Merrick Garland to block the law. A lot of people are against it, as usual, because Governor Greg Abbott is a tool. A Texas attorney, speaking of Texas, Texas Attorney General Ken Paxson has won an injunction pending appeal against the Biden administration, preventing the federal government from continuing to destroy concertina wire barriers placed by Texas along the border. Okay, they like to call it concertina because that's a cute name, concertina wire, because the actual name of this stuff is razor wire which sounds bad. So they call it concertina wire. <laughs> oh man. I uh, because it because it is razor wire. Previously, a federal district court concluded that the Biden administration enjoyed enjoyed sovereign immunity. The judge allowed border patrol agents to resume the district de- Destruction of Texas' own barriers. Attorney General Paxton immediately appealed to the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit, which concluded that the federal government was not immune from suit and enjoined Biden's border agents from damaging, destroying, or otherwise interfering with Texas's razor wire fence while the issue continues to be litigated. So this doesn't mean that the feds can't cut through the wire, but they can't do it until it finishes litigation. So Senator John Fetterman yesterday was largely stumped when asked why voters under 30 largely uh, under 30 
largely opposed Biden's handling of the Israel-Hamas war, suggesting it might have something to do with what they see on TikTok. That's what he said. (laughs) uh, He's been a staunch supporter of Israel, by the way. Uh, Fetterman. And and you know what? I like Fetterman, but I don't like him for this. Uh, Fetterman has emphatically supported Israel even as the Palestinian death toll due to Israeli bombings, according to Gaza Health Authority, surpasses 20,000. So I think I haven't looked at anything in TikTok in over a year. Mr. Fetterman, Senator Fetterman, how do you explain me and millions of others who don't view TikTok as to why they do not support Israel's murdering of 20,000 innocent people. Please answer that. Moving on. Uh, Did you think the Jeffrey Epstein thing died with him? Well, we all knew it didn't. A federal judge in New York has ordered the name of dozens of Jeffrey Epstein's alleged victims and associates to be made public in 2024. The order issued Monday by Judge Loretta A. Preska is the latest filing in a settled case by Virginia Roberts Geoffrey, an American woman who claimed Epstein sexually abused her while she was a minor at the... uh, and that Ghislaine Maxwell, Epstein's former girlfriend and longtime accomplice, aided in the abuse. While the 2015 defamation lawsuit brought by uh, uh, Guffrey was settled in 2017 and placed under a protective order, parts of it have been unsealed since then, as Guffrey, Maxwell, and, and a number of third-party figures have debated what should and shouldn't be released to the public. In August 2019, the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Second Circuit unsealed hundreds of pages of documents a day before Epstein died in prison, ruling that the district court judge had improperly sealed hundreds of filings. That judge had since died. Uh, The appeals court then remanded the case back to the district court to go through the rest of the documents individually and determine what could be unsealed. Judge Prescott, who has since taken over the case, ruled for uh, for the unsealing of more documents in July 2020, including Maxwell's 2016 deposition related to the lawsuit, as well as emails and depositions by others. Preska is giving the Jane and John Doe's 14 days to file an appeal before the parties confer and make the documents public. Uh, You know, I wonder if Donald Trump is going to be sending an appeal over. That would be a great press question for him, right? If he's sending an appeal to stop his name from being released by... uh, Oh, man. The order says Epstein's associates, one of whom uh, played a role in his sex trafficking crimes and another whose name came up in a criminal trial, will also have their documents unsealed in full. Some of the documents to be released include information of those who have died, including a person who died in 2018 but was widely associated with Epstein and featured in photos at Epstein's island residence on Little St. James in the U.S. Virgin Islands. They also include people associated with Ghislaine Maxwell. Anyway, that's it. Uh, But first, I should say, and I've said this many times before, Ghislaine Maxwell... Jelaine Maxwell, some countries pronounce it Jislane, right? If you meet a woman called Jislane, 
Do not go with her. Her name is Jizz Lane. Come on. Do you want to walk down Jizz Lane? <laughs> I know, I'm disgusting. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's it. Thanks for listening. Wednesday, December 20th, 2023. Wednesday, December 20th, 2023. I, man, can I just say how much I appreciate you so much? I'll bring someone with you if you can today or tomorrow. Hump Day, Hump Day, PVTV, Political Views TV Podcast. That's what you Google to find me, those four words. I'll show up right at the top of the search. Or you can say, hey, hey, Google, or hey, Alexa, uh, tweet. Uh, tweet to me or X to me. Questions, insights, or come fight with me at Cyberclops, C-Y-B-E-R-C-L-O-P-S. And remember, always remember, government profit is measured by the betterment of the people. Don't you ever forget that. I'm Peter Lawrence, reporting from Los Angeles. <laughs>